the story book the first chapter six of the black robe this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. reading by lars rolander the black robe by wilkie collins the story book the first chapter six the order of the dishes when miss notman assumed the post of housekeeper in lady loring's service she was accurately described as a competent and respectable person and was praised with perfect truth for her incorruptible devotion to the interests of her employers on its weaker side her character was represented by the wearing of a youthful wig and the erroneous conviction that she still possessed a fine figure the ruling idea in her narrow little mind was the idea of her own dignity any offence offered in this direction oppressed her memory for days together and found its way outward in speech to any human being whose attention she could secure at five o'clock on the day which followed his introduction to romaine father benwell sat drinking his coffee in the housekeeper's room to all appearance as much at his ease as if he had known miss notman from the remote days of her childhood a new contribution to the housekeeper's little library of devotional works lay on the table and bore silent witness to the means by which he had made those first advances which had won him his present position miss notman's sense of dignity was doubly flattered she had a priest for her guest and a new book with the reverend gentleman's autograph inscribed on the title-page is your coffee to your liking father a little more sugar if you please miss notman was proud of her hand viewed as one of the meritorious details of her figure she took up the sugar-tongs with suavity and grace she dropped the sugar into the cup with a youthful pleasure in ministering to the minor desires of her illustrious guest it is so good of you father to honour me in this way she said with the appearance of sixteen superinduced upon the reality of sixty father benwell was an adept at moral disguises of all kinds on this occasion he wore the disguise of pastoral simplicity i'm an idle old man at this hour of the afternoon he said i hope i'm not keeping you from any household duties i generally enjoy my duties miss notman answered to-day they have not been so agreeable as usual it is a relief to me to have done with them even my humble position has its trials persons acquainted with miss notman's character hearing these last words would have at once changed the subject when she spoke of her humble position she invariably referred to some offence offered to her dignity and she was invariably ready to state the grievance at full length ignorant of this peculiarity father benwell committed a fatal error he inquired with courteous interest what the housekeeper's trials might be oh sir they are beneath your notice said miss notman modestly at the same time i should feel it an honour to have the benefit of your opinion i should so like to know that you do not altogether disapprove of my conduct under some provocation 
you see father the whole responsibility of ordering the dinners falls on me and when there is company as there is this evening the responsibility is particularly trying to a timid person like myself a large dinner party miss notman oh dear no quite the reverse only one gentleman mr romayne father benwell set down his cup of coffee halfway to his lips he at once drew the correct conclusion that the invitation to romayne must have been given and accepted after he had left the picture gallery that the object was to bring romayne and stella together under circumstances which would rapidly improve their acquaintance was as plain to him as if he had heard it confessed in so many words if he had only remained in the gallery he might have become acquainted with the form of persuasion used to induce a man so unsocial as romayne to accept an invitation i have myself to blame he thought bitterly for being left in the dark anything wrong with the coffee miss notman asked anxiously he rushed on his fate he said nothing whatever pray go on miss notman went on you see father lady loring was unusually particular about the dinner on this occasion she said lord loring reminds me that mr romayne is a very little eater and yet very difficult to please in what he does eat of course i consulted my experience and suggested exactly the sort of dinner that was wanted under the circumstances i wish to do her ladyship the utmost justice she made no objection to the dinner in itself on the contrary she complimented me on what she was pleased to call my ready invention but when we came next to the order in which the dishes were to be served miss notman paused in the middle of the sentence and shuddered over the private and poignant recollections which the order of the dishes called up by this time father benwell had discovered his mistake he took a mean advantage of miss notman's susceptibilities to slip his own private inquiries into the interval of silence pardon my ignorance he said my own poor dinner is a matter of ten minutes and one dish i don't understand a difference of opinion on a dinner for three people only lord and lady loring too mr romayne three oh perhaps i'm mistaken perhaps miss eyrecourt makes a fourth certainly father a very charming person miss notman i only speak as a stranger you no doubt are much better acquainted with miss eyrecourt much better indeed if i may presume to say so miss notman replied she is my lady's intimate friend we have often talked of miss eyrecourt during the many years of my residence in this house on such subjects her ladyship treats me quite on the footing of a humble friend a complete contrast to the tone she took father when we came to the order of the dishes we agreed of course about the soup and the fish but we had a little a very little divergence of opinion as i may call it on the subject of the dishes to follow her ladyship said first the sweetbreads and then the cutlets i ventured to suggest that the sweetbreads as white meat had better not immediately follow the turbot as white fish the brown meat my lady i said as an agreeable variety presented to the eye and then the white meat recalling pleasant remembrances of the white fish you see the point father 
i see miss notman that you are a consummate mistress of an art which is quite beyond poor me was miss eyrecourt present at the little discussion oh no indeed i should have objected to her presence i should have said she was a young lady out of her proper place yes i understand is miss eyrecourt an only child she has two sisters father benwell one of them is in a convent ah indeed and the other is dead sad for the father and mother miss notman pardon me sad for the mother no doubt the father died long since ay ay a sweet woman the mother at least i think i've heard so miss notman shook her head i should wish to guard myself against speaking unjustly of any one she said but when you talk of a sweet woman you imply as it seems to me the domestic virtues mrs eyrecourt is essentially a frivolous person a frivolous person is in the vast majority of cases a person easily persuaded to talk and not disposed to be reticent in keeping secrets father benwell began to see his way already to the necessary information is mrs eyrecourt living in london he inquired oh dear no at this time of year she lives entirely in other people's houses goes from one country seat to another and only thinks of amusing herself no domestic qualities father she would know nothing of the order of the dishes lady loring i should have told you gave way in the matter of the sweetbread it was only at the quite the latter part of my menu as the french call it that she showed a spirit of opposition well well i won't dwell on that i will only ask you father at what part of a dinner an oyster omelette ought to be served father benwell seized his opportunity of discovering mrs eyrecourt's present address my dear lady he said i know no more when the omelette ought to be served than mrs eyrecourt herself it must be very pleasant to a lady of her way of thinking to enjoy the beauties of nature inexpensively as seen in other people's houses from the point of view of a welcome guest i wonder whether she is staying at any country seat which i happen to have seen oh, she may be in england scotland or ireland for all i know miss notman answered with an unaffected ignorance which placed her good faith beyond doubt consult your own taste father after eating jelly cream and ice pudding could you even look at an oyster omelette without shuddering would you believe it her ladyship proposed to serve the omelette with the cheese oysters after sweets i am not as yet a married woman father benwell made a last desperate effort to pave the way for one more question before he submitted to defeat that must be your fault my dear lady he interposed with his persuasive smile miss notman simpered you confuse me father she said softly i speak from inward conviction miss notman to a looker-on like myself it is sad to see how many sweet women who might be angels in the households of worthy men prefer to lead a single life 
the church i know exalts the single life to the highest place but even the church allows exceptions to its rule under this roof for example i think i see two exceptions one of them my unfeigned respect he bowed to miss notman forbids me to indicate more particularly the other seems to my humble view to be the young lady of whom we have been speaking is it not strange that miss eyrecourt has never been married the trap had been elaborately set father benwell had every reason to anticipate that miss notman would walk into it the disconcerting housekeeper walked up to it and then proved unable to advance a step further i once made the same remark myself to lady loring she said father benwell's pulse began to quicken its beat yes he murmured in tones of the gentlest encouragement and her ladyship miss notman proceeded did not encourage me to go on there are reasons for not pursuing that subject she said reasons into which i am sure you will not expect me to enter she spoke with a flattering confidence in my prudence which i felt gratefully such a contrast to her tone when the omelette presented itself in the order of the dishes as i said just now i am not a married woman but if i propose to my husband to give him an oyster omelette after his puddings and his pies i should not be surprised if he said to me my dear have you taken leave of your senses i reminded lady loring most respectfully that a cheese omelette might be in its proper place if it followed the sweets an oyster omelette i suggested surely comes after the birds i should be sorry to say that her ladyship lost her temper i will only mention that i kept mine let me repeat what she said and leave you father to draw your own conclusions she said which of us is mistress in this house miss notman i ordered the oyster omelette to come in with the cheese there was not only irritability there was contempt oh yes contempt in her tone out of respect for myself i made no reply as a christian i can forgive as a wounded gentlewoman i may not find it so easy to forget miss notman laid herself back in her easy chair she looked as if she had suffered martyrdom and only regretted having been obliged to mention it father benwell surprised the wounded gentlewoman by rising to his feet you are not going away already father time flies fast in your society dear miss notman i have an engagement and i am late for it already the housekeeper smiled sadly at least let me hear that you don't disapprove of my conduct under trying circumstances she said father benwell took her hand a true christian only feels offences to pardon them he remarked in his priestly and paternal character you have shown me miss notman that you are a true christian my evening has indeed been well spent god bless you he pressed her hand he shed on her the light of his fatherly smile he sighed and took his leave miss notman's eyes followed him out with devotional admiration father benwell still preserved his serenity of temper when he was out of the housekeeper's sight one important discovery he had made in spite of the difficulties placed in his way 
a compromising circumstance had unquestionably occurred in stella's past life and in all probability a man was in some way connected with it my evening has not been entirely thrown away he thought as he ascended the stairs which led from the housekeeper's room to the hall end of chapter six read by lars rolander